Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hello everybody, Jay here, back with another Offscript with Super E. I'm in my private studio, A-Train's in his, A-Train. Say something. Yep, I'm down here in the uh, A-Train bunker, um, secure from all the uh, outside zombies. Taking uh, a nap because he's sleeping. <laughs> wow. I may great. have just woke up. You R- are correct. R- for E. <laughs> yes, I'm here in a, a wind tunnel, it seems like. Is it windy there in your guys' location? A little bit. A little. Not too bad. Uh, it's windy as hell here, and I'm in my garage, and I'm being assaulted by kittens who are apparently on meth and Mountain Dew. And <laughs> we have get into the lab. They <laughs> yes, yes. So, yes, exactly. You think of the uh, info re- we received from Spotify, giving us a big group hug. For the oh, that was pretty neat. Think of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, allegedly, we're. We're in the top ten percent of podcasts in the true crime category. I I know top ten for eighty two fans. We've got eighty people that were in their top ten. <laughs> so wheat, yes, fifty three that we're number one with. So we have fifty three people that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was just my sister and Andy's wife listened to the podcast. Right. You know, I I tried to do the math on that too, but I don't think any of us got that many. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in the top twenty percent of the most followed podcast. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, whatever that means. And fifteen percent globally. Wow. Our youngest listener is my is uh my nephew. His name is Caden, and he is a huge fan. Right on. <laughs> Good for Caden. Shout out. Caden's eight years old, and I guess my sister, his grandmother, she will, she holds his ears when a J and A train starts spouting uh, inappropriate words. Because <laughs> they all heard um, Uncle E go crazy. <laughs> oh, yes, they have. Yes. <laughs> yes. But anyway, speaking of my sister, she kind of reminded me of this episode we're talking about a train what's the title of it again it the title of this episode is soccer moms on crack yes <laughs> All right. the most notorious kind of crackhead is the soccer mom yes perfect well super e well this one i will be relaying a story uh from big steve or double s when we tried to get him to tell this story last time and apparently he had a brain drain But I will tell it for him. Um, When Big Steve was working what we'd call the East District Vice Narcotics, he was rolling around with one of his buddies, partners, and they noticed a very nice car in the hood parked. And it was dark out and it just had its like brake lights on, but you could tell it was running. And Big Steve, before he uh, became a what do you call it, an unproductive slob. He was a ver- very in tuned on stomping out crime. And he uh, 
he went over and checked it out because he noticed the plate didn't come from the same county that we were uh, servicing at the time. And it came from an area that was extremely rich. And he was like, something's going on here. It looked like it could have been possibly a, an abandoned stolen vehicle where they left it running. So they, they walk up to it and they got the flashlights out and big Steve shines it in. And he sees this woman giving this young guy fellatio in the front seat of the car. Would that be a blowjob? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I, I, my sister will have to cover poor old Kane's little ears. <laughs> so anyways, big Steve scans his flashlight to the back seat of the car. And what does he see? He sees a five-year-old little boy on the floorboard of the back seat with a Tonka truck playing. And then like a two-year-old little boy in the car seat. And Steve is stunned by what he sees. And he's probably enraged, too. So he taps on that window with his flashlight, displays his badge, tells these people who he is. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, humming, 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 uh, 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 this is my friend. And, and it, Steve knew what time it was. No, this is your drug dealer. See, Steve's very good at that, of being kind of haughty and burning you down. Real quick, <laughs> um, for context, who was in the driver's seat? The uh, female from a very wealthy suburb north of the town that we used to uh, work in was in the driver's seat behind the wheel of this expensive vehicle. The drug dealer was sitting in the passenger seat in the front receiving the fellatio and then uh you know when she tries to give big steve a couple excuses he shuts her down i know exactly what's going on here and the drug dealer you know he's like yeah she's giving me head you know she gets dope and so steve is like he goes hey may i see your phone for a second so he takes a woman's phone opens it up because remember this was their early days of cell phones so he flips it open Lips. And sees sees the uh, is this your husband? Yep. Boom. He hits the husband's number on the speed dial, and uh, the husband goes, "Yeah." And then Steve identifies who is he who he is. He goes, "You know who your wife is?" He goes, "Well, I think she's out shopping, doing something, groceries." No, she's down here in the hood performing oral sex on the drug dealer with your kids in the back seat. Oh boy. And is you know, and can you imagine that phone call if you're some husband? I gotta be honest, I can't imagine doing that phone call. I mean, that's I don't think I would do that, Adrian. Well, I tell you, when I received a call like that one time, I was I was outraged. I, I was like, "She's where? You <laughs> wait, 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 what? You better hope this is <laughs> never. You're going to edit the shit out of this one. <laughs> I better." <laughs> well, I think Steve Steve was so mad about the kids being in the back seat. Yeah. That he was like, This the father needs to know right now. You yeah. know, this woman is on this woman is on crack with her kids in the back seat, giving a drug dealer head in a high, very high crime area. Yeah. That is uh that's bad. That yeah. is bad. And so I mean it gets that crack back in the day was getting everybody because then that makes me relate to my soccer moms on crack story. You got another one? Oh, yeah. This was a few years later. I was uh, doing one of them. We used to call them the big prostitution details. 
we'd have like 10 undercover detectives with maybe 10 uniform cars for backup. And we'd also put police women out to get the Johns too. So it was a gigantic operation. We'd even have look like a mobile home and we'd have a staging area and it'd be, it was behind the old broke down uh, marsh lot there in our beloved town. And uh, they would stage on one side of it and it was really dark. Nobody could see it. And so then we'd go out, pick up hookers. And if we had an arrest, we would just take them right there because there would be paddy wagons waiting and people to do the paper. We had prosecutors there to do the paperwork. It was a big deal. So anyways, as I was heading to the staging area, it wasn't quite dark yet. I noticed these two women walking down the hot dog stand and they stuck out like, okay, they don't. They, they shouldn't be there. It looks like they should be hosting a show on the Food Network, you know. And you could just immediately, they don't belong here. Something ain't right. But I was in a hurry to go somewhere, so I just made a mental note of it. All right, check back here when you get done with whatever they, they're going to talk about and send us out. So go to the staging area, talk about, you know, pick them up, bring them back here, blah, blah, blah. So I go back out to that area again. Well, I see one of my one of my coworkers and he's like a supervisor. He didn't have much experience at picking up hookers and he kind of looked like uh, see a cross between uh, Ned Flanders and who else would that be? Barney five. Yes. Kind of a cross between Ned Flanders, Ned Flanders and Barney five. And I'm not trying to be mean. I know but, exactly uh, what you're talking about from that description. That's pretty good. Okay. So, but he was a very good police officer. Yeah. Anyways, I noticed that he tried to pick these two women up and they they're wearing these flowing dresses with the flowing capes, you know, as they're walking. And I'm like, this is kind of bizarre. So one opens a door when he stops and pulls over one of the girls open the door and stick their head in. And then she just shook her head. No, and slammed the door and, looked at her girl that was walking with her and shook her head. They were both laughing. So I decided to weasel my way up there. So I pull up and uh, I'm in one of my old cars and she opens the door and she looks at me and she looks at her friend, the, the other woman from the Food Network and goes, oh yeah, he's okay. He looks like a she call, he looks like a hippie lunatic. And so she goes, I'll be right back. I feel comfortable with this guy. Looks like a lunatic. She jumps in the car with me. She goes, you see that guy right in front of me that tried to pick me up before you did? And I go, I saw the car. Yeah. Man, I know he was a cop right off the bat. What a douche. I immediately knew it was. But you, oh, my God, you look, you look like you're deranged and uh, a hippie. So I know you'll be okay because I know you're not the police. I'm like, wow, you know, her standards are quite low for who she feels safe with. And so she starts explaining to me. She goes, we come from this town. Now, this town was uh, south of our uh, fair city we worked at. And it was just as wealthy, even more so. And she goes, me and my friend, we started smoking crack about six months ago. I'm like, how does that happen to where you live? But I guess it can get anywhere. And they were like in their late 30s, early 40s. They had they had kids and a husband, good families. 
she goes, we just started smoking crack six months ago and we can't control it. We've went through like each one of us went through 50 or $60,000 of our husband's money and we can't stop ourselves. So we've been thrown out of the house and we heard this is the best way to make money for crack is by sucking dick <laughs> on, on the street. Wow. And I said, well, you're at the right place. And she goes, and I feel so comfortable with you because, you know, you look like a lunatic hippie. And I like I said, I know you're not the police. And she goes, you want your dick sucked? I said, yes, I do. And she goes, how much will you pay me? I said, $30. She goes, sounds great. I'm like, 10 4 And I, she goes, you know a place to go that will be safe? I said, I know the exact place where we can go, and you will feel extremely safe. So we pull into the old abandoned marsh lot. Now, all the police cars and the paddy wagons and all the law enforcement, they're on the other side of the building, and she can't see them. So then I turn the corner, and as I'm turning the corner, she goes, oh, yeah, this place looks nice and safe and dark. No one will see us. I turn the corner, and she goes, holy shit. Look at all the police. She goes, you know what? You need to turn right now because they'll get suspicious of us. I said, no problem. I'll turn right now. And I kept going straight. She goes, I can't help but notice you can, you're continuing to go straight to the police. I said, I am so sorry. I, I'm turning right now. And I just kept going. She goes, um, you're not turning. You're proceeding forward right up to the paddy wagon. And then she goes, wait a minute. There's that dumbass that tried to pick me up. Oh, the Ned Flanders Barney. Fl she goes, yeah. I said, yeah, I work with him. I'm detective super E. It's like I did the aha, you know, <laughs> I'm actually detective super E. And she's like, you got to be shitting me. And I go, no, soccer mom on crack. Um, I'm actually the police and you are going to jail for prostitution. And she, her mouth was a gate, but you, you're a hippie lunatic. Nope. Can't judge a book by its cover, baby. <laughs> that is great. Okay, I got a question for you. You said, "Go that, ahead." You said, "You said that uh, she and her friend were walking the, down the street. They had flowing dresses and capes." Yeah, they were like the the capes that look. They look like they were made out of that scarf material that you know women wrapped their head around in the fifties. And it, yeah, they just big flowing capes, you know. And I, I was like, man. So you were but, picking up like Stevie Nicks? Okay. Like okay. It, I was picking up late 90s Stevie Nicks. Okay. Got so, you. So, but yes. And uh, anyways, and again, that reminds me of another crack story where the girl fell so hard that she ended up on the street. Would you like to hear that one real quick? I'd love to. Jay, are uh, you still there? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on this one, on this one, I think Jay will be able to kind of, he'll understand my dilemma when I say it, okay? Um, okay, here we go. So, again, this was in the summertime, and it was starting to get not quite dark, but it was evening time, and I had to go down to... Um, the court what we call the courthouse downtown drop off some paperwork and then i'm heading back on our main drag heading back to the hot dog stand where we was going to check out for any prostitutes crime drug dealers whatever i'm driving back eastbound and i'm going by the old fop 
And I see this unbelievably beautiful girl sitting on the curb, looking at traffic. And uh, no, she was sitting on the windowsill of the FOP, looking at traffic. And she was wearing like a real skimpy top and uh, hot pants. I know that's dating me, but they were super short, (laughs) unbelievably tan, long black hair. She looked like not working in the fifties. Yeah. 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 But she looked like, she looked like she could be a Barbie doll, Miss America, uh, the new fresh face on Vogue magazine. She's unbelievably attractive young woman. And I get on the, I get on the radio and I go, guys, there's no way this could be what I think it is, but I just got to stop and see. So I pull off the, off the side road there that led to the FOP parking lot. And the girl comes running around the corner real fast and jumps into my vehicle. And when I looked at her, I just did the natural thing of what any guy would do. I go, oh, no, get out. You're too damn good looking. You've got to be the police. I said, I'm not going to jail today, officer. And she goes, no, I am not the police. And then she immediately took her little gym shorts off or whatever they were, hot pants, and spun and was looking at me and goes, would a police officer do this? And I was like, <laughs> I started, you know, I needed the defibrillator. And I said, well, I don't think they would. <laughs> and she goes, you could pound this for $30. And I was thinking, oh, I, I shouldn't have went to Hardee's and got that sandwich i think i'm about 28 bucks no but i was she was like you can pound this for 30 damn dollars and i was like oh my god and then all of a sudden you know how you get the devil and angel or the angels on one shoulder and the devil's on the other shoulder well this was the good penis and the evil penis and (laughs) of course the evil penis had the goatee like David Hasselhoff, the evil kit from that, that was Garth. <laughs> okay. But anyways, so I so it was like I'm looking at her and she's so gorgeous and she's like, you know, tear into it. And all of a sudden the good penis on my shoulder is going, Super E, don't do that. You could throw everything away for probably about two seconds of pleasure for you and zero for her. But don't do it. And then Evil Penis, of course, is saying, shut up, Richard Simmons. Tear it up, Super E. And I'm looking over at, I'm looking over at Evil Penis, and I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he, he makes a good argument. But, you know, good penis, yeah, he makes a lot of sense, too. You know, this could go very bad for me. And, you know, we are very ethical. We take an oath. And uh, I'm like, snow, I cannot do that. I'm actually, again, super E. And I'm actually a police officer, and you're under arrest for prostitution. And she immediately was like, looking like little Miss Innocent, you know, Miss America. She looked at me and goes, fuck you, you fucking motherfucker. You can go eat fucking shit. I'm like, oh, my God. I got a naked chick here who's going to kick my ass. And so, you know, she got her clothes back on, and then, you know, she went to jail. My backup came roaring in. So I go on vacation for a couple weeks, three weeks. I come back. And one of my partners, Tim, goes, hey, you know that extremely good-looking girl that you got? I said, yeah. 
And the thing about her was that I found out she worked as a stripper at the uh, the highest, what is it, the best, where the best looking girls work. You guys remember where that was, right? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good one. Okay. Well, word on the street, she worked at the top of the line strip joint, and she explained to us, I just noticed I started smoking crack up at the club and I couldn't get enough of it and people couldn't bring it to me fast enough. And somebody told me if I came down to the hot dog stand and gave head on the street, I'd be right next to the dope, which was true. So she went from being working where she can, she, if she wasn't a crackhead, should have been making tons of money at this strip joint, just tons of money. Well, three weeks later, one of my partners, Tim, he locks her up and he showed me the picture of the night when I locked her up and the picture when he locked her up three weeks later and the downhill oh, physical condition and her attractiveness. It was just unbelievable. It was such a dramatic difference. I mean, she looked terrible. And this was only three weeks of being on the street and smoking crack. It was horrible. Man, that's that's just like what we talked about in the previous episode, the, the downhill spiral yeah. they get into, and they just, it, it's bad. And just think about the people that loved her, her family, her mom, her dad, or she probably had a boyfriend. Heck, right. some of these even, ha- they have kids and families, you know? Right. Some, of, some of them had the kids with them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Super result struck me is the the way you told those tales and the difference in the female reaction to the obviously a little streetwiser ex dancer, the way she reacted when she found out you were the police, you know, um emptying a bucket of profanity on you. Oh yeah. Oh, the other woman, she was, she was more like she was flustered and clutching her pearls, right. you know, <laughs> it's like if I would have locked that Andy for wanting to give me head for 30 bucks. Oh, oh no, I'm going to jail. Don't you ever, ever be at me ever again. <laughs> okay. What about, what about, what's her name? Oh, we'll get us started. The I teacher. Follow up. Oh, Helen Crump. Yes. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked her. I who who out there hates Helen Crump from Andy Griffith? Raise your hands. Okay, I'm raising my hand. Okay, me and too. the top fifteen percent on anchor, raise your hands too. <laughs> she she was always bitching and complaining. Yeah, she was. She was. She was she was horrible. Yes, I see. We we're starting to digress again. Is double S in the room somewhere? I don't think my microphone's on. No, it's on. It's on, Jay. Yes. Okay, say something. Never mind. <laughs> so, okay. So, Super E kind of to summarize. I mean, these these are stories. These are are women from affluent areas 
that got hooked on crack coming down to the hood, um, prostituting themselves just for money, just for crack, right? That's, that's exactly what it was. They had spent all their husband's money. And like I said, the dancer spent all, you know, the dancers can make, you know, thousand dollars a day easy. And she couldn't make enough money or couldn't be close enough to the dope to where she had to take the chance or um, jumping into strange men's cars. And we've talked about what happens to these girls a lot, raped and murdered. And they, and the crack compels them to completely throw caution to the wind and jump into that vehicle. I mean, I mean it just shows, I mean, this, the, the drug epidemic, it, it doesn't have any boundaries. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're from the hood or from the suburbs. It, it can get you. It, it, yes, it, it, it gets you. And it's, it's so sad to see these people, you know, especially like I said, in the hood where like I had that one girl hadn't seen her on the street in eight years. And then I saw her out and I go, what are you doing? And she said that, you know, eight years ago, she quit using drugs, started a family, had kids, had a husband, very supportive. She woke up one day, walked out the front door, headed straight for the hot dog stand. She says she had to start smoking crack and giving head again. Yeah. Said goodbye to him. That's it's sad. And yes. I, and I mean, the, the the first story you told with, with Big Steve, she had her kids in the car. Yes. that That is the thing. Having the kids in the car. Man. That was, that was horrible. Those kids, I mean, drug dealers, a lot of times, you know, they're not nice people. And um, they have guns. And a lot of times... You know, they might pull a gun on you and demand a whole bunch of money, you know, because they might be, a, you know, OK, they're just not drug. De- you know, they just might not be a drug dealer. They also can be, you know, they'll rob people, you know, they just don't pigeonhole themselves into, into one crime category. Right. They were committing several different crimes. And this woman took a chance taking her kids down there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty desperate. Yeah. I'm going to take y'all out. Goodbye.